Hey guys, welcome back to the FFP. My name is Christian and today I'll be with you guys breaking down week 12 fantasy starts at information that you guys are going to need to know. Now for if you're new or you forgot or whatever it may be, here's a basic rundown. We will have timestamps down in the description below so you can get to the games that you want to hear most about. Hopefully save some time that way. It also makes the video a little bit more organized. Um, I'm going to break down every player from every game uh, that has fantasy relevance. So if I don't mention a guy, you can safely assume to sit him. However, if you are curious about a guy that I didn't mention, leave a comment down below. We really like to use that comment section for just about everything. If you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, or you just want to tell me that my hair looks like a mess, uh, my hair is a mess right now, but I'd like to think it's uh, the mad scientist look. I'm just such a genius at fantasy football. That's probably not the case, but that's what I'd like to think. Anyways, I'll keep this short and simple. We'll get going with this video. We can start with the first game now. All right, so let's start this off with the first matchup, uh, Texans versus Colts. Let's start off with Jacoby Brissett and the Texans. Now, before I get into anything, I'm pretty sick right now. My throat hurts, I'm stuffed up, so apologies if I sound weird. I keep coughing a bunch. And also, Rob did the research for half of these games. He's unable to record right now, uh, but I'll be reading research half of these games off of what he has done and have no prior knowledge of it. So it's kind of awkward reading it live and just putting it right in the video like that. Sorry if I sound a little bit off today. Anyways, this is Rob's research for this game. And first off, we'll talk about the quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, for the Colts. Now, versus the Texans is a good matchup. They do allow the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. But when you really look at it, Jacoby Brissett hasn't been a huge fantasy option. I don't want to talk too much about this, but really his fantasy value is dependent on a few things. He is very much playable in deep leagues and two quarterback leagues. But in a typical size 12-team fantasy league, it's going to depend on two things, and those two things are the health of T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron. If either T.Y. Hilton or Eric Ebron plays, start this guy. It's a good matchup, and he's got very good upside with those weapons against a bad defense. If both Ebron and Hilton sit, you got to feel like there's a much safer streaming option this week. I wouldn't go with uh, Jacoby Brissett in that, uh, under that condition. Running back Jonathan Williams. Now, Marlon Mack is out this week, obviously won't be playing. So Jonathan Williams, not only did the coaches say that he's looked really good in practice recently, um, and they even said that they weren't surprised last game when he stepped up, he played well, 13 carries for 116 yards and a 31 yard catch. He looked very good. Now there's a few things to that. One, when Mack comes back, he loses basically all of his value, but I think we all have to admit we're surprised. He looked impressive. I wouldn't count that 31-yard catch as something he's going to do every week. In fact, the coaches even came out and said that based on packages and scheming, they meant to have Naheem Hines out there. Um, and there was some confusion, and they happened to leave Jonathan Williams out there, and boom, he happens to get this 31-yard catch. So good for him, but I wouldn't expect a lot of PPR value from him. I think some people are going to get a little bit hyped on that. Considering the situation against a bad Texans defense, allowing the 11th most fantasy points to opposing running backs, you definitely have to play Jonathan Williams this week, especially in standard. There's some other running backs there, Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins. I don't know if I'd necessarily consider any of those guys. Naheem Hines is a possible PPR flex play this week if Eric Ebron and Hilton and Mack are out. If all three of those guys are out, he could see 10 to 12 targets plus maybe five to eight carries, but possible play, not huge upside. 
actually addressing the injuries, a few things. One, I would always remind people that we have a Friday injury update video. So I'm going to say a little bit now, but there will be a lot more information to come. T.Y. Hilton struggling with that calf currently has not been ruled out for this week's game. Um, and I quote, he said, if all the boxes are checked off, he will play. If he gets clearance from the doctors, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. It is a short week, not quite as much time to recover. And I believe if he skips this game, if he doesn't play, he'll have a full 10-day window uh, between now and the next game. Zach Pascoe was a pleasant surprise for the Colts, and I think for a few fantasy owners, he looked pretty great. As a number two wide receiver behind T.Y. Hilton, he thrived. Now that he's been moved up in the absence of Hilton, he struggled. He just hasn't quite been able to step up to number one coverage and number one duties, but it's a great matchup. Houston allows the sixth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, and in his last eight games, he's been very hot or cold. For those games, he averaged 76.5 receiving yards and a touchdown per game. The other four games, he's averaging just one and a half catches, 14 yards. Uh, that's very scary due to risk. Um, he's really a wide receiver uh, three sort of guy, a guy that you could play in 12 to 16 team leagues um, if you're willing to accept that he could certainly have a very bad day. But it is a good matchup, so certainly remember that. We've got Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron. If Ebron plays, sit both these guys. They split roles. Neither of them has enough just total value and usage to really have a good fantasy day most weeks. But if Ebron sits, Jack Doe has a good stream this week against a bad defense. Absolutely play him. As far as the kicker and the defense go, um, I definitely think you guys sit Adam Thielen. This guy's got 13 misses on the year. It's bad. And I would sit the Colts defense as well. If you take away the Ravens and the Panthers games, the Texans have allowed just 5.5 fantasy points to opposing defenses. So I'd sit the Colts defense as well. Flipping sides now, we get to talk about Deshaun Watson. Um, short and simple, I like this guy. I think you got to play him. He's got a phenomenal wide receiver. He's very athletic. He's able to get it done on his legs in the air. He's great. And the last time he played the Colts, he threw for over 300 yards. Play this MVP candidate. He's going to have most likely a very good day, just like he did last time. As far as the running situation goes, the only two guys that really know there are Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. Now, the Colts are a very uh, kind of uh, stingy against the run is what I would say, allowing the eighth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. They are ninth in rush defense, allowing just 96 rushing yards per game. And the last time Hyde played them, he ran for just 35 yards on 13 carries. It's very clear that Carlos Hyde's value is strictly tied to standard league and his ability to score touchdowns. He is the prototypical touchdown dependent running back. I'll say this, he's probably a running back three in standard leagues, a valuable backup option to replace perhaps if you don't have a lot of depth at running back and maybe you've got Dalvin Cook on a bye this week, um, but I'm not too excited about him. If you're in a league deeper than 12 teams, that is a PPR and you're looking for a flex play, Duke Johnson is a um, possible fit for there. But um, the majority of you guys are in situations where I would say no, because you really do have to be in a deep league that is PPR with a flex where you've got that third position. So I would avoid playing Duke Johnson. You can. I do put that clarification in there, but I'm not too huge on him. You got to play DeAndre Hopkins. This guy's great. I'm expecting another game where he probably goes over 100 yards in the touchdown. He's a stud receiver every single week. Right now, I feel like uh, 
Michael Thomas is the best receiver in the NFL, and the only guy who can even compete with him has got to be DeAndre Hopkins. Now, the last time he played the Colts, he went off nine catches, 106 yards, and a touchdown. He had a very good day. I trust him this week. Yeah, I got to play him. Tight ends, we got Darren Fells and Jordan Atkins. I would sit Jordan Atkins, and as far as Darren Fells goes, uh, he is playable in standard leagues. He doesn't get enough volume in PPR, but with six touchdowns on the season, he is a standard league play. He can come in. He's not the best tight end, but he is usable. He's manageable, and he can really get you, you know, just a little bit more value at your tight end position to fill you in for a week and maybe let your other positions win it for you. I think you got to start their kicker, Kaimi Fairbairn, um, and their defense. I would probably sit Houston's defense. That's my wrap-up for this game based off of Rob's research. We'll move on now. We'll get to the next game. All right, Falcons-Bucks. This is going to be a key divisional matchup. Probably not for who's going to win the division, but it's always fun to watch, have that rivalry. And I think this is going to be a key matchup this week as far as fantasy value goes. There's a lot of guys I like. And of the guys fantasy value-wise that I like in this game, let's start with Matt Ryan. Great matchup. This guy's going against the Bucks, giving up the second most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, and he's averaging 24 fantasy points a game. I'm not even going to say anything more on that. That alone is enough that you have to play him. He's phenomenal. Move on now to the running backs before we get to the wide receivers and such, but Devonta Freeman. The Bucks have a good run defense, so this is already a tough situation. They do give up the third fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs, and they have played good running backs. That is not a skewed stat. I mean, when you look at some of the teams that they play every uh, year, you know, even twice a year, Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey, it's a tough division as far as running backs. And he is currently questionable. Head coach Dan Quinn said that he is struggling with his foot and, quote, is trending in the right direction. But I really wouldn't be surprised to see Devonta Freeman either not play or play but not be at 100%. And in a tough matchup, that could equate to a very bad fantasy day. So I'm going to avoid playing him if you can. Hopefully you've got some better options. Now, if he does miss, Brian Hill will get some extra carries. Keep in mind, as I just said, it's a tough matchup. It's a good run defense, but he's played okay lately. He's really surprised us, and he's a guy in my sleeper watch list, but really, when you break it down, last game, he had 15 carries for 30 yards. That's just two yards per carry, and he did have one catch for eight yards, and that was on three targets. So what do we make of this whole situation? And For me, he's a guy to avoid. Don't start him. Last week, they won 29-3. to It was a blowout. He probably got more carries last week because they were winning than he will get this week. I don't imagine they're going to win by that many points, so I'm going to avoid him this week as well. Guys I wouldn't avoid is both wide receivers Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Julio Jones is great. We all know he's a PPR stud. He's elite. He's amazing. I'm not even going to talk any more to that. I'm going to address the he's not a great standard wide receiver. He's a great standard league wide receiver. It's crazy. I don't know how he does it. He hasn't caught a touchdown since week three, and yet he's still 11th in standard league scoring amongst wide receivers. You couple that with a matchup against the Bucks, giving up the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers in the NFL, must start. And so is Calvin Ridley. Last game's eight targets, eight catches, 143 yards, and a touchdown. Huge upside. Great matchup. Play both these guys. Absolutely play them. As far as the tight end Austin Hooper goes, excuse me, he actually currently leads all tight ends in average scoring per game in standard, half, and full PPR. Now, he has two less games than Travis Kelsey, so he doesn't lead in total fantasy points at the tight end position, but he does in fantasy points per game among qualifying tight ends. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Here's what we know about his health, though, as to whether or not he'll be playing. It's reported that he will be out for a month, and 
head coach Dan Quinn clarified that the Falcons, they're, they're not going to be practicing him through Wednesday. It's possible he'll be practicing Thursday. That's really the day they're expecting him to suit up for. But if that gets pushed back any further and he misses practice on Thursday or is even partial, there's a very good likelihood they will keep their young stud tight end healthy. Obviously, if he plays, start him. And if he doesn't, sit him. I think you got to start their kicker, Young Hoku. Buccaneers also give up the most fantasy points to opposing kickers. They're just giving up fantasy points left and right. He scored 15 and 11 fantasy points in his first two starts. Play this guy. He's a great kicker. And as far as the Falcons' defense go, here's an interesting situation. The Bucs give the fifth most fantasy points to opposing defenses. And the last two games, they've combined for 36 fantasy points. They've got 11 sacks, four interceptions. But you take that away, their stat line has been terrible. Uh, you have versus Houston, negative two. Arizona, negative one. The Rams, negative one. Seattle, two points. And then they get a bye, and then they come into two weeks where they played well. I don't trust them, but if you want to roll the dice, you want to gamble, that's something that you can do. If you're in a matchup where you're thinking, this is a tough matchup, and I need to win, and it doesn't look like I'm going to win, the Falcons are exactly the sort of defense, high risk, high reward to play. We'll flip sides now. Let's talk about the Buccaneers and Jameis Winston. In seven of his last eight games, he's thrown over 300 yards, and the Falcons give up the seventh most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Play Jameis Winston. He throws a lot of interceptions, but in the end, that really doesn't matter. The fantasy value is there. Ronald Jones Jr. and Peyton Barber. Neither of these guys are very productive. We've said this for a few weeks now. Not a few. We've said it for a long time at this point. But if you're going to play a guy, play Ronald Jones Jr. over Peyton Barber. Don't play Peyton Barber in any circumstances. If you have to play Ronald Jones Jr., play him in a standard league based on matchup as a risk. He's got four touchdowns in the last seven games. He's not great, but he's better than Barber. He seems to be the lead back. I don't know. And again, in a standard league, you're kind of just gambling he's going to get a touchdown. As far as the wide receivers go, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, start both of them. Falcons give up the seventh most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. And I know that a few people have complained that Chris Godwin's stats have been down a little bit, but his production has actually been fine. He has scored at least 11 fantasy points over the last four games. That's the very same stretch of games in which people have complained about his production and his touchdown last week that he still has a knack for finding the end zone. People were saying, yeah, he's getting catches, he's making plays, but he hasn't scored in a few weeks. Well, last week he scored, and he put that to rest. This guy is a great wide receiver, and I think there's room for fantasy production from both Evans and Godwin. And as I've said in the past, you may not love him, but you have three wide receivers that are better than him? I really doubt it. As far as the tight ends go, sit all Buccaneers, tight ends, Bray, Howard. I, I would avoid that whole situation. You got to start Matt Gay. Not only do the Falcons give the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers, but Matt Gay is also tied with Justin Tucker for third most fantasy points among kickers per game. He's been very effective this year, and I would sit the Buccaneers defense. That was a little bit quicker to wrap up, but that's Bucks versus Falcons. Let's move on, guys, now and get to the next game. All right, so let's talk about the Broncos versus the Bills. We'll start off with Brandon Allen. Here's a pretty uh, Brandon Allen, excuse me. Here's a pretty simple one, guys. I don't think you should play Brandon Allen this week. Uh, they are just a very good defense. The Bills are. They are third in pass defense, allowing just 197 passing yards a game. They are third in the NFL, allowing just 17 points per game, and they allow the fourth fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Now you travel on the road to Buffalo. That is going to be a very tough matchup. Sit him. As far as the running backs go, interesting news coming out recently that the coaches have said that they are going to really 
use Philip Lindsay as the main back in that Royce Freeman has been relegated. We saw that last week. Freeman is really truly a backup now, whereas before they were splitting touches and carries. They feel more confident in the added versatility of Philip Lindsay. I understand that. He's undersized, yes, but the production has been there, 4.9 yards per carry. He does have a ceiling because of that size. He does have a ceiling because of the tough matchup, and he does have a ceiling because of his quarterback situation that he's in. So there's a lot of reasons to not absolutely love him. But here's what my dad wrote to just round off this research. Here's what you need to know about Philip Lindsay this week. If the Bills defense has a weakness, it is against the run. They're allowing the 13th most points to opposing running backs. Denver, they're going to be smart. I mean, these paid professionals. So what are they going to do? They're going to run the ball early and often, and they're going to avoid throwing the ball too much. That much is smart. You're just not going to have this bad Brandon Allen throwing the ball into a good secondary. Based off of volume and getting a lot of touches, being the main number one back, and his production, his efficiency on his own, makes him probably a low-end running back to start. He's a safe floor but a limited ceiling. And, of course, I wouldn't start Royce Freeman. He's been his relegation recently to back up has seriously ended his fantasy value. But moving on to the wide receivers, I definitely – have to think you got to play Cortland Sutton this week. Now, I would consider starting him as a wide receiver three in, as Rob put, in leagues over 14 teams. He's been seemingly matchup proof all year. Doesn't matter which quarterback is playing and which defense is covering him. He has been productive and he's on pace for 80 catches, just shy of 1,300 yards. He's having a great year. The reason he is really a borderline three start is he's got to go against a shutdown corner. And I absolutely mean the phrase shutdown corner. Tredavis White is a great cornerback. So he's very risky and could very well fall into that wide receiver four category. Their tight end, Noah Fant, he has been a very good rookie. He had back-to-back -back solid weeks. But last week, it took 11 targets to have just four catches for 60 yards. For a rookie tight end, he looks phenomenal. And I think that the talent pool for tight ends, for especially young tight ends in the NFL, is bigger and stronger than it's ever been. But this is not the week to play Noah Fant. I would sit him. To be quite honest, I don't trust this offense as a whole. I'd sit their kicker, Brandon McManus, and I would sit Denver's defense. They picked some things up lately without their defensive lineman, Chubb. They have 19 sacks in the last five games. But only three games this year have they really been worth playing, and they're on the road, on the road versus the Bills. <clears throat> now we'll take a look at the Bills side and Josh Allen. Besides the Patriots game, Josh Allen has been very effective. He has had five. Uh, he's been very effective, but not in the passing game. He's had five games with one touchdown pass or less. He's very much like Deshaun Watson that his legs give him fantasy value. A lot of people may not know this, but seven rushing touchdowns on the season, that is a huge boost to his value. He's averaged over 22 fantasy points a game. That is 10th among quarterbacks this year. So, right, he's already sitting in that bubble. He is dependent on his ability to run the ball. And he plays a good Denver defense um, that is giving up just 0.8 touchdowns per game. I would sit Josh Allen this week. As far as the running backs go, Devin Singletary is the guy to play. I'll just plain and simple, I don't think you should play Frank Gore. He's had less carries, less efficiency, and recently his yards per carry of 2.44 uh, during this recent stretch of, I believe, the last four games just hasn't been good enough. Uh, Devin Singletary is definitely a guy that you should consider playing. Here's what we know. Denver allows the 11th fewest fantasy points to running backs, and that stinks. Minus Leonard Fournette's 225-yard game, they have been extremely difficult to run the ball against. But in standard leagues, he comes in as an RB2 or 3 based on league size and scoring. In the PPR leagues, he actually comes in as a solid RB2. 
a solid RB2 because of the way he's using that offense, the importance that he holds, especially within the red zone. I would consider playing him this week for sure. Wide receiver John Brown. For us, he probably comes in as a wide receiver three based on volume. He's going to get seven to eight targets, but he will be lining up across from Chris Harris, allowing just 32.4 receiving yards per game on wide receivers he's been covering. That's very difficult. I definitely think that you have to uh, play him in PPR leagues, understand his value. He's not going to have a huge day. Now, Rob did the research for this game, and he actually has this somewhat bold prediction, but it makes perfect sense to me, and he's made this prediction in the past, and he's been right, and that's that Cole Beasley will have a bigger day than John Brown simply by not being against Chris Harris, by having an easier cornerback to go against. He could very well be a guy who we said this earlier in the year versus the Patriots, and we were right, which was that he could very well be a guy to get 12 to 14 targets. He ended up with 13 versus the Patriots. Rob predicted, literally, he said 12 to 14. He was he was spot on, so I would trust his prediction here. Um, this could very well be a big day for him. I don't trust him, so I would play him with the expectation that he's got the ceiling of a wide receiver two, but he could disappoint and be a low-end wide receiver three or wide receiver four. As far as their tight ends go, um, I, I wouldn't consider playing their tight end, Dawson Knox. Now, he is a great rookie. He shows a lot of potential, but he's not a guy that I trust this week. I would uh, sit their kicker and their defense just to keep things nice and simple. That's my wrap-up for this game. Let's continue on with the next game. All right, so I want to start off talking about the Bears. This week they're playing the Giants. This will be an interesting matchup. The reason I want to start off talking about the Bears, I think it's a pretty simple situation. There's not a lot of fantasy value there. I'm not knocking Bears fans. Uh, I know that people always get irritated if I say that your players aren't doing well, but the fact of the matter is Mitchell Trubisky isn't playing well. He got pulled out of last game, and while Coach Matt Nagy said it wasn't due to the way he was playing, it was due to his hip pointer, blah, blah, blah. Um, to be quite honest, he hasn't been playing well, and I genuinely feel like part of the reason they pulled him out was because he wasn't playing well, but it doesn't matter. The fantasy production isn't there, and at this point in the season, you're making start sits to get in the playoffs and win a championship. You want to trust your championship odds on Mitchell Trubisky? I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not doing that, and I don't think you should either. Uh, David Montgomery. Now, Giants give the 16th fewest fantasy points to running backs. That essentially puts them right dead in the middle of the NFL, pretty darn average. After two big games, he started off the year where he wasn't quite as explosive as many people thought, and then he had two big games, and people... Uh, myself included, thought, hey, maybe he's turning a corner, maybe he's starting to look great, uh, but then the last two games have been really a step back to just just very mediocre. Um, not horrible, not horrendous, not terrible, not embarrassing, not drop him or release him from your roster, but definitely not start-worthy. The poor quarterback situation, the struggle of the offense, and his inconsistency, I don't trust him enough. For me, you can play him as a low-end RB2 in deep leagues and absolutely sit him in PPR leagues. Now, Allen Robinson is a very similar situation. Um, he was shut down last week, but that was against Jalen Ramsey, though he has struggled a lot this year. That offense works through Allen Robinson. If they're going to score points, they're going to do it through Allen Robinson. And the Giants give the third most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So I think you should play Allen Robinson, but I, I definitely understand if you've got some concerns about that, if you're a little nervous. Do it. He's going to get the volume. It's a good matchup. I think he's going to be fine, but I don't expect him to be a stud wide receiver one. I'd call him a low wide receiver two this week. Let's save some time. I think you got to sit all Bears tight ends, and I would sit their kicker, Eddie Pinheiro, or however you pronounce his last name. 
As far as their defense goes, I would start them. The Giants give the third most points to opposing defenses. The Bears' defense is good. I think they could absolutely beat up on Daniel Jones, who's very inconsistent. Speaking of Daniel Jones, let's talk about the Giants players. Um, I don't think you should play Daniel Jones. He's had a couple of good games recently, and I think people are very excited. But the Bears give the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. So very stingy defense to QBs. And when you look at the last time Daniel Jones played a top five defense or a top five fantasy defense, similar to the Bears, he scored just five fantasy points. I think he's had some big games against bad defenses. He goes out there, he plays like Brett Favre, his backyard football, it's great. Um, and a bad defense will allow you to play that way. A defense like the Patriots, the Ravens, or the Bears, good defenses, above average defenses, they don't let you do that. They're going to pick you apart. I think this is a bad week for him. I think you still have to start Saquon Barkley. Um, there's no way you've got, if you're in a flex league, there's no way you've got three better players than him. I doubt you got two better running backs than him. And the Bears are actually running the ball against them has been what's been effective. They give the ninth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Uh, Golden Tate. Over the last five games, he's averaging 18 fantasy points per game in PPR leagues. In standard leagues, he is a um, mid to low wide receiver three, and he is a solid wide receiver two in PPR leagues. Not because I trust that offense, but when you break down just simply the volume that he's getting and his production has been so consistent over the last five games that as long as Sterling Shepard is out, Golden Tate seems like a pretty darn good option. I would sit Darius Slayton. A lot of his value comes from touchdowns um, and big plays. I'm just a little too nervous with that. He's a little too inconsistent. And against a good defense, that makes me nervous. I wouldn't play him. He doesn't have quite the volume boost in his stats that Golden Tate gets. Sterling Shepard, he's currently marked as questionable. He was full participant in practice on Monday, which means it's very possible that he will play this week, but he has still got that concussion thing. I'm going to say no more. I'll update you on Friday. And when I do update you, if he is playing, I'm going to let you know how that's going to affect all the other guys on this team. But let's not worry about that for now. Now, Evan Ingram playing against the Bears, give him the ninth most fantasy points to tight ends. Start him if he plays. He is currently marked as questionable. I would sit their kicker, Aldrich Rosas, and I would sit the Giants defense. All right, so here we are. We've got uh, Steelers versus Bengals. Let's talk about the Steelers. I'm expecting them to win this game. They played very well recently. I still wouldn't play Mason Rudolph. That seems counterintuitive when you look at the fact that the Bengals' defense is so bad, they're giving the third most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. But there's definitely some things to be nervous about. For starters, the last time they played the Bengals, the Steelers won 27-3. And that defense is playing well. They're playing a terrible Bengals team. Looks like they're going to go 0-16. And you have to imagine that they're going to run the ball and play good defense. And they're going to play it smart. Especially when you look at the fact that Juju Smith-Schuster, Deonta Johnson, and James Conner are all questionable. They're all questionable. They're all banged up. I think you're the Steelers. Some of those guys are going to end up sitting. Some of those guys are going to play partial but not full. You're going to try to keep those guys healthy in a game that should be an easy win. It absolutely should be an easy win. I wouldn't play him based on what I imagine the game script is going to be. It should be a pretty straightforward game. Though, Rob does add in his notes here because he did the research for this game. You could play him in daily fantasy. He's pretty cheap. But, again, that's daily fantasy. That is not what we're talking about today. Now, as far as the running backs go, we've got James Conner and Jalen Samuels versus the Bengals, allowing the third most fantasy points to running backs. They did lose their offensive lineman Pouncey due to a suspension. That could hurt their offensive line a little bit. I don't think that's a major issue. They are one of, if not the best, offensive line in the NFL versus the worst run defense in the NFL. So I think 
whoever's playing running back in this game full-time has got to get started. Now, James Conner, he's marked as questionable after re-aggravating his shoulder. He's been very injury-prone. This guy is like glass. But if he plays, play him as a low-end RB2. I have a hard time believing he's going to play 100%, but if he plays, how do you keep this guy out of your lineup? What you really got to hope what happens is that he doesn't play. They give him some more time to rest, and they play Jalen Samuels, who then becomes a really a must-start. In the last five games, he's had... 32 total catches in just five games, a total of 171 receiving yards in those same games. That is 6.4 catches a game. This guy's a PPR stud. It's absolutely crazy what he's been able to do. In fact, that's a crazy pace. Over 16 games, that projects to 102 catches from a running back. That's awesome. Moving on now to the wide receivers, Juju Smith-Schuster and James Washington and Deontay Johnson, excuse me, all of them as a whole. Now, right now, Juju Smith-Schuster has got the knee issue and the concussion. He is on the NFL's concussion protocol. He was spotted wearing also a bulky knee brace. That is not very good news as well. Quite honestly, it looks like a week where he very well may miss, probably won't be playing. Deontay Johnson has also entered the NFL's concussion protocol. If they can't make it, James Washington plays as the team's number one wide receiver and can be played as a low-end wide receiver too. But I don't see this as necessarily a great situation. Here's what Rob wrote at the end of the really just to wrap up this wide receiver. He said, honestly, too much at, uh, too much risk right now, too much at play. There's too much at stake. Uh, there's too many question marks with these guys, too many assumptions. We need more information. Friday, we will be launching a video called Dynasty Trade Targets for 2020. In that video, we will update you guys on that situation. Because again, I'm not going to assume. Let's just wait, have some more time, some more information. Vance McDonald, he's been a popular play by many, but minus week nine, which he had moderate production, five catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown. Other than that, the last six games, he has averaged only two catches, zero touchdowns, and 18 yards. Do not play him this week. Chris Boswell, I would play him this week if they're going to run the ball, play defense, and win this game. That method, he could get a lot of kicks against the Bengals, giving the fourth most fantasy points to kickers. But because of the struggle of that offense, I would expect him to be in the 10 to 14 range for kickers this week. Steelers defense, they're a great, they're a must start. They are third in fantasy points scored per game. They're scoring 12 fantasy points per game. They've got huge upside. And, of course, they play against rookie quarterback Ryan Finley, who we're now going to talk about. You got to sit Ryan Finley straight forward. I'm not even going to break this down. That offense has struggled. That team is terrible. And they play a good division rival with a good defense. That much seems simple enough to me. Now, Joe Mixon, he has been hurt by this bad offensive line, by bad offensive play, by bad quarterbacks. And the Steelers give the six fewest, uh, excuse me, fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. He's very talented, but he's just been hurt by his situation. I'm excited for him a year from now, two years from now to see what he can do, but that's not right now. Let's talk about right now. He struggled this year, but he's he's been better recently. In the last three weeks, he has scored on average 18 fantasy points per game in PPR leagues. He's averaging over 20 carries a game. He's totaled 266 rushing yards and 4.2 uh, nine yards per carry as of recently. He also has three touchdowns in three weeks. Um, he comes in as a running back to play in standards and a high running back to in PPR leagues. AJ Green will most likely miss this game, so he seems like he's going to be out as well as I don't trust him. He needs a prove it game. Don't play AJ Green. Tyler Boyd has a safe floor. Probably call him a very low end wide receiver three. I don't love him, but he is playable, especially in leagues bigger than 12 teams. 
Auden Tate and Alex Erickson. I wouldn't play these guys versus the Steelers with Ryan Finley. Uh, that's a situation I'm avoiding. Now, Tyler Eifert only has two touchdowns, or excuse me, only two touchdowns in only one game with solid catches and yards. Sit this guy's production other than one game has been bad. I would sit both the Bengals kicker and their defense. Let's, let's move on now. That's my wrap up for this game. All right, now we got the Dolphins versus the Browns. Let's start off with the Browns and Baker Mayfield. He's kind of coming out of that slump. He's starting to have a bit of a resurgence. He's by no means rookie Baker Mayfield, but he's had at least 17 fantasy points three straight games. And he's had 17 or more fantasy points in five of the last seven games. So he's really started to turn things around. I think he's a good play this week, not only because he's been playing better recently, but in addition, the Dolphins give the six most fantasy points to quarterbacks. I consider playing him as a safe play. Not a super high-end play. He's not a major upside, but I feel like he's a fair play this week. Nick Chubb start this guy. He's a fantastic running back. He's an elite rusher. He's great. And the Dolphins give the seven most fantasy points to running backs. Now, Kareem Hunt has scored 11 and 14 fantasy points in PPR leagues. Again, also given the good matchup and the fact that this could very well be a blowout in favor of the Browns, this could be a risk you might want to take to play him as a flex play or maybe a desperate PPR league running back too. Not a great guy. I don't trust him. I'm not super amped to have him as my running back too. I don't. But if I did, I wouldn't be. Um, but he is very playable this week. He does have enough upside. And again, if it becomes a blowout, Kareem Hunt could see more touches and carries. As far as the wide receivers go, both Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry in sort of the same ballpark, where they are both good wide receiver threes and low wide receiver twos. They do get a boost from the resurgence of Baker Mayfield, and the Dolphins give the 14th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. A number that they probably would give up a lot more points to wide receivers, but teams don't need to throw against them nearly as much as they do against other teams. A lot of times the Dolphins are in blowouts and teams will run the ball against them quite a bit. I would sit their tight end and their kicker. And as far as their defense goes, I'd probably play them. They've had just four sacks, four interceptions, and 16 fantasy points versus the Steelers last week. And the Dolphins give up the most fantasy points to opposing defenses. Things aren't looking so great now as we look at the Dolphins. I think he has sit Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's got eight touchdown passes in nine games. Sit him. Kalen Balazs, he's combined for 20 fantasy points in his two games as the starter. But that's in PPR leagues, and nine of those 20 points came from catches. I have a feeling that you've got better options. I would sit him. Devontae Parker is probably the one guy that I would consider playing. He's coming off a big 25-point fantasy day in which he had seven catches for 135 yards. Based off of volume, he can be played. I don't love him, but he is a wide receiver three. Let's save some time. The defense, their kicker and their tight end, the Dolphins, boom, all three together, sit them. I don't think any of those guys have any value right now, particularly in this matchup this week. That was nice and quick, so we can keep on moving on with the video and talking about our next game. All right, now we've got the Saints versus the Panthers. Let's start off with the Saints and Drew Brees play this guy. People were a little bit worried he struggled versus Atlanta, but he bounced back fine last week when he threw for 228 yards and three touchdown passes. He is a top 10 fantasy quarterback this week. Don't let the Falcons game scare you. Play this guy. As far as the running backs go, Alvin Kamar, he is back. That is great news. He rushed 13 times for 75 yards. He actually had a team high 10 catches for 47 yards last week. 
And the Panthers actually give the fifth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. This could be a great week for Kamara. Absolutely play him. As far as Latavius Murray goes, here's what Rob wrote. Some, here's what he says. He says, some backs need to be fed to get in the groove, wear down defenses. Seems like Murray is one of those guys. He looks great with Kamara out, but with Kamara back, his production hasn't quite been there. The last two games, going 15 carries for 27 yards. That's 1.8 yards per carry. I probably wouldn't play Latavius Murray. I don't trust him at least. Michael Thomas, this guy has been phenomenal. I've said it in the before. I consider him the number one receiver in the NFL, and the Panthers give the fifth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Other than Michael Thomas, there aren't any Saints wide receivers I would play. None of those guys separate themselves from the pack or have enough fantasy production to play. So Michael Thomas is a guy you have to start, and everyone else you got to sit. Jared Cook, he's got three touchdowns in his last four games. Let's be honest, having Drew Brees back has been a huge boost to him. I think you got to play Jared Cook, especially at a thin tight end position. I would start both the Saints defense and their kicker. They both played very well, and this could be a good matchup against the Panthers. Flipping sides now, we got Kyle Allen. After starting his career off fantastically, um, seems to really kind of tapered off, and he struggled quite a bit. The last four games, he has nine picks to only three touchdowns. Now he goes um, in a tough matchup versus a good Saints defense. Uh, this is not a guy I trust. They've got some really great, really great weapons. They're guys like Marshawn Lattimore. Um, simple breakdown. I just don't like him this week. It's a tough matchup. Um, running back Christian McCaffrey. He's the number one fantasy player in the NFL right now. He's fantastic. Start him and sleep well. That's what Rob wrote. Nice, simple wrap up there. Now we've got DJ Moore. This is difficult. Now, Marshawn Lattimore is actually currently struggling with a hamstring injury, um, which definitely affects the value of DJ Moore and Marshawn Lattimore and the way that he plays. Depending on his health, which we'll update you on Friday, that's going to severely impact the way that DJ Moore is going to play. He's averaging 11 targets a game over the past five games. He's most likely a guy to see that same sort of range, probably 10 to 12 targets. And the Saints do allow the 15th most points to wide receivers. If Marshawn Lattimore... Uh, misses this game, DJ Moore becomes a strong wide receiver to play. If he starts, Moore becomes a low wide receiver to play. Now, Curtis Samuel has four touchdowns on the year. That's nice, but his 46 receiving yards per game, not quite as strong. He's got sleeper pill. If you want to take a chance, him as your wide receiver three, go for it. But a touchdown dependent guy who's not getting a lot of yards, I would consider him more of a wide receiver four. Greg Olson, start him as a low-end tight end one. I would sit there, kicker Joey Sly. In the Panthers' defense, I would sit them. Breeze is not turnover prone. They allow the seventh fewest fantasy points to opposing defenses. All right, Raiders versus Jets, Derek Carr. This is a safe quarterback play against the Jets. Give him the 12th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Derek Carr, that offense has started to look pretty good, really started to find some things with the additional helping play as Hunter Renfro has developed, is, is what I'm trying to say. Darren Waller's good. They got Josh Jacobs, Tyrell Williams. He's not a great play, but he's a safe play, and I like him as a guy who's averaging over nine yards per attempt over the last five games, but... Move on now. Josh Jacobs is a must-start. He is currently fourth in fantasy points among running backs in both PPR and standard. Absolutely play him. Tyrell Williams started the season great. Five straight games, five straight touchdowns. He looked awesome. He fell off. He failed to score three weeks in a row, but this could very well be based off of having slightly tougher matchups, and this is going to be one of the easiest matchups of the year for him against the Jets, allowing the second most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. I would play Tyrell Williams. 
note that his five touchdowns in the first uh, however many games of the season is actually eighth among wide receivers. So I don't think that we could expect him to score a touchdown every game. I think that was a little bit unreasonable. I think he's going to bounce back this week. Filling for PPR guy Hunter Renfro. Again, great matchup versus the Jets. He's been very versatile, and he's averaging 14 fantasy points a game over the last four games in PPR scoring. For me, he is a low-end wide receiver three play in standard, but in PPR, he bumps up to a high PPR play wide receiver three. Excuse me. Darren Waller's a guy you got to start. He is fifth in standard and seventh in PPR amongst tight ends. Play this dude. Absolutely do. Daniel Carlson has been pretty pedestrian and average as a kicker this year, and that's exactly where you should start him. And it's sort of a low-end kicker, maybe 9 to 12 sort of range, and the Raiders play them. They have 30 fantasy points in the last two games, and the Jets give up the second-most fantasy points to opposing defenses. So this could be a, a great, great week for that team. Now, we've got Sam Darnold. We're talking about the Jets now. He's averaging 14 fantasy points a game over the last five games. That's not great. I would sit him against a Raiders defense and a Raiders team as a whole that has really been improving over the last few weeks. Now, Le'Veon Bell has has back-to-back weeks with a rushing touchdown. And over the last three weeks, he has scored 20, 17, and 17 fantasy points in PPR leagues. So in PPR leagues, I would consider him a fair to solid running back to play. In standard leagues, I bump him down to a low-end running back to play or flex play. As far as their wide receivers go, there's only one guy that I would play, and that's Jamison Crowder. Raiders give the 11th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. He's got three straight weeks with a touchdown, and in PPR leagues, he has scored 23, 19, and 18 fantasy points over the last three weeks. He's been great. If you're looking for a tight end this week, Ryan Griffin could be the guy. Five catches, 100-plus yards, and a touchdown last week. He's got huge upside without Chris Herndon. I would play him this week. There is a bit of a risk, but the Jet, or excuse me, the Raiders give the sixth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. As far as the Jets' rest of their situation goes, I would sit their defense and their kicker, Sam Ficken. All right, let's talk about the Seahawks versus the Eagles. I want to start off with the Seahawks because we can just get some out of the way. Russell Wilson start this guy, MVP candidate. Like, he's phenomenal. Quarterback rating of 114, 23 touchdown passes and two picks. Play him. He's insane. Heck, he played a very good 49ers defense, still put up over 18 fantasy points. Now, everybody knows this, but Philadelphia's got a good run defense, allowing the ninth fewest fantasy points to running backs. But he's still going to play the running back, Chris Carson. This guy who's averaging 20 over 20 touches a game, he's averaging 104 total yards a game, starting him as a running back too. As far as the wide receivers go, Tyler Lockett, he was hospitalized for two days following that San Francisco game. Adam Schefter, though, he did come out your report. The expectation is that Tyler Lockett with that leg injury, sounds like he's going to be ready to play for week 12, but who really knows? Philadelphia does give the ninth most fancy points to wide receivers. So if he starts, I think you have to play Tyler Lockett. After all, his QBR when thrown to the last two years is 137 and 158. He's got an insane catch rate. He is a wide receiver one if he plays. Josh Gordon's role is going to continue to grow and grow in this offense. If Tyler Lockett plays, I think you have to sit Josh Gordon, but his role will be drastically increased if Tyler Lockett misses another game, and Josh Gordon could be and should be played as a wide receiver too. Now, DK Metcalf, um, he should be started as a low-end wide receiver too if Lockett plays, and a high-end wide receiver too if he doesn't. He is a good, solid wide receiver. He's still developing, but um, he'll have an increased amount of targets. I think he's a fair wide receiver to play pretty much no matter what, and this is a good matchup. 
their tight end Jacob Hollister. If you're looking for a guy to plug and play at tight end, I don't trust him, but Jacob Hollister is really starting to work his way into a Will Disley role. Keep in mind, Will Disley had four touch four touchdowns in four weeks prior to getting injured, but he's been very great. Consider playing him just simply off of that touchdown production. In PPR leagues, I probably wouldn't. You got to start their kicker, Jason Myers, and their defense. Not great, not terrible, sort of opportunistic depending on the week. If you want to roll the dice, at least Rob put here that he would roll the dice starting Seattle if you see guys on their team like Alshon Jeffrey and Jordan Howard out. If they play, it's going to be a bit of a tougher matchup, but that's all dependent on the health of those guys. As far as the Eagles go, we got Carson Wentz. Um, Seattle does allow the 12th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. The first six games, uh, Chris Carson averaged over 20 fantasy points per game, but since then, he's dropped to just 14.8 fantasy points per game. That coincides very well with the amount of injuries that that offense has had, and he's quite just not quite been a top 10 quarterback this year. He is worth a stream start, but not going to be a high-end play. Miles Sanders, he comes in as a wide, or excuse me, a running back to start if Jordan Howard misses. Jordan Howard is struggling with that shoulder injury, by the way. I'll get to that a bit more in a second. He becomes a PPR flex play if Jordan Howard plays. So he's either a running back two or a flex play in PPR leagues, depending. He'll have increased volume if Jordan Howard misses. He did last time, or excuse me, last game, but that was really dampered by a tough game versus the Patriots. Now, about Jordan Howard, all we really know is that you're going to have to wait and see. He's been limited, um, and he is a standard league touchdown-dependent guy. He's got that shoulder injury, which we see with James Conner. can be very reoccurring. It can be a very big problem for them. Um, and considering the Eagles have a good option in Sanders, I wouldn't be surprised if he sat this week. Another guy that's injured that I feel like they're less likely to sit is Alshon Jeffrey. Um, he's got the ankle injury. He, dis he, excuse me, he did miss practice. Um, and last week's game. He, he's really struggled. We're going to need some time to see the update on the injuries, but it does look like there's a fair chance that he will not be playing this week. It could go either way, though. Nelson Aguilar with Deshaun Jackson on the IR and Alshon Jeffrey banged up. If Alshon Jeffrey misses another game, play Al, uh, Nelson Aguilar. If Alshon Jeffrey plays, I would probably sit or play as a low-end wide receiver three with not high expectations for Aguilar. As far as the tight end, Zach Ertz and Dallas Godert goes, um, Zach Ertz he has really benefited from the injuries to the wide receivers. He's gained a lot of extra targets. Actually, he's got 22 targets in the last two games. And he's got 18 catches. So if Alshon Jeffrey is out, that's a big boost to him. Now, he's really... Dallas Goder has played very well. This is a good matchup versus Seahawks. He's the ninth most fantasy points to tight ends. However, uh, he's got four touchdowns in the last seven weeks. However, I was just about to say Myers a little messed up here as I'm struggling to talk, but he's still really taking kind of second fiddle to Zach Ertz. I don't love him, but as a play for maybe 12 to 16 or 14 to 16 tight end probably this week. Um, Jake Elliott is a moderate play if you want to play it safe, but you're not getting huge numbers from him. And I would sit the Philadelphia Eagles defense versus a just electric Russell Wilson. All right, so let's talk about the Lions versus the Redskins. Start off with the Lions. Matthew Stafford officially listed as out. Seems like Jeff Driscoll is going to be playing this week. I don't think Stafford will be playing at all. Of course, we all know about how severe this injury seems to be. Anyways, I would sit Jeff Driscoll. Now, we've got Bo Scarborough, who had a big game last game. This guy that you should consider this week. The Redskins do give up the sixth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. And he had a good week. 15 carries to me, 14 carries for 55 yards and a touchdown. Not an amazing 
uh, yards per carry marker there. But the production was there. He found the end zone, and he really dominated Detroit's backfield as the main guy as the number one back. I would start him as a medium to low running back, too. There's some risk involved, but there's some high upside. As far as the wide receiver goes, Kenny Galladay's got four touchdowns in the last four games. He's great. Play Kenny Galladay. Um, as far as the wide receiver Marvin Jones goes, he's got seven touchdowns in the last five games. He's averaging 22 fantasy points per game over that same span. I also think um, that you got to play Marvin Jones. Now, I waited to kind of talk about these two guys a little bit more together. So you got a little bit each now. Kenny Galladay, for me, comes in as a low wide receiver two, and Marvin Jones comes in as a medium wide receiver three. They're severely hurt by having Matthew Stafford out, or else they would both be wide receiver twos this week. I really do mean that. That offense has been very productive lately. TJ Hawkinson, sit him. Last week, he had just one catch for six yards. I would sit Matt Prater and the Lions defense. Um, on the other side, we see, honestly, quite of a mess of a situation in Washington, the Redskins. Dwayne Haskins, he doesn't look like quite the quarterback that the Redskins is hoping. Fantasy value isn't there. Sit him. Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis. At one point, the one bright side of this team was that you could play Peterson. But now with Darius Geis back, they're very much splitting roles. Uh, Peterson's carries were cut in half with Geis back. I don't think you can start either of those guys. I would sit the Redskins tight ends, their kicker, and their defense. The only guy to consider playing is Terry McLaurin, who I would consider a wide receiver three that is much more talented than that. Heck, he should be a wide receiver one, but he doesn't have the quarterback. Dwayne Haskins has been awful and severely limits his value. All right, now I'll be reading off Rob's notes and research for the Jaguars-Titans game. He started off with Nick Foles. Last game, he had 297 yards and two touchdowns. He looks good. He is a fine play, but not a great play. I think he's got some good weapons. We love DJ Chark, Chris Conley, D.D. Westbrook, Leonard Fournette. That offense is actually pretty good. But the Titans is also a good defense, quietly a top 10 defense in the NFL. So I love what Rob wrote to just sum up all his research and all this. He's got a lot of notes here, by the way, on Nick Foles, which is he's a fine play. He's not a great play. That's basically what you're getting with him. Pretty average quarterback seeming this week. Leonard Fournette, you got to start this guy. Um, this year is 4.7 yards per carry. He's a solid running back, too. He's going to get you 18 to 22 carries and about three to four targets. Absolutely play him. He's been phenomenal. Another guy you have to start is DJ Chark. He's a high-end wide receiver, too. He's been phenomenal. He's been great. He's fun to watch. I want to get a DJ Chark jersey. Too bad I'm broke all the time. But as far as the other wide receivers go, we got D.D. Westbrook and Chris Conley. These guys both add a lot to their team. I think they're very good pieces to the offense. But fantasy-wise, they come in as wide receiver four and a wide receiver five for me in a matchup versus the Titans specifically. <laughs> Um, I would sit all Jaguars tight ends and their kicker, Josh Lambeau. He finally missed a kick last week, but this is a good matchup. Start him. Other than last week, he hasn't missed a kick all year. He's been great. The Jaguars defense, not quite that defense that the Jaguars defense was a few years ago, um, but they're a solid play versus this Titans offense that's uh, less than prolific. As far as the Titans offense go, we got Ryan Tannehill. In four games, he has been a huge upgrade to Marcus Mariota. Um, I said this even before the season started. I'm surprised they didn't make that move earlier. During those games, he's got eight touchdown passes to three picks. He's averaging over 20 fantasy points per game. Um, it's a guy I probably wouldn't consider top 15, but more of a deep stream. If you're looking in a 16-team league or a two-quarterback league, you can definitely stream him. But I probably wouldn't be playing him and expecting him to be a top 12 quarterback this week. Derrick Henry's start simply as volume. He's got 10 touchdowns in 10 games, and he is a running back, too. He's got higher uh, standard league value than PPR, 
You guys know that, but it is a good reminder uh, to just check your league scoring. Either way, you should probably be playing him. A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. Now, A.J. Brown has huge dynasty value, but Davis is also a former first-round pick. He, he's very much disappointed, and right now he does seem to have the slight edge over Davis, in the, or excuse me, over A.J. Brown. In the long run, I like A.J. Brown more. He looks like he could be very talented, but versus the Jaguars allowing the 11th fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, these guys come in, for me at least, as wide receiver fours who can be played if you're replacing by weeks or injuries. As far as the tight ends go, Delaney Walker and Jonu Smith um, I wouldn't play either of these guys this week. Seems like they're going to be maybe splitting some roles there. I would sit there, kicker Ryan suck up, and I would start the Titans defense versus the Jaguars, allowing the 13th most fantasy points to opposing defenses. All right, now we got the Cowboys versus the Patriots and Dak Prescott. Prescott's got three straight games with three touchdown passes. He looked great. I would consider benching him this week. I would rank him as a quarterback 12 to 15, a guy who could get in there. He could be a guy worth starting, but I expect him to be just outside of a starter this week. He's been phenomenal lately, but the Patriots allow the fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. I think you got to start Ezekiel Elliott. It's a tough matchup, but do you have two running backs that are better than Elliott? I don't think you do. Play him, even though the Patriots give up the fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. Now, we've got Amari Cooper. He's actually fourth in fantasy points amongst wide receivers. Again, tough matchup, but I still think you have to play him uh, with expectations for him to be around a wide receiver two on the low end of wide receiver two. Michael Gallup, since week five, he's actually 15th in fantasy scoring amongst wide receivers. Uh, in a tough matchup for me, he comes in as a low end wide receiver three. For me, I think that if the Dallas Cowboys have any chance of winning this game, they're going to need their wide receivers to step up. I can't promise you that's going to happen, but if they're going to win, that's probably going to be the way it happens. Jason Witten sit. He hasn't been phenomenal. He hasn't found the end zone too much. He hasn't been great. And the Patriots give the seventh fewest fantasy points to tight ends. Now, in a very tough matchup, I think you got to sit Brett Maher. They give the fewest fantasy points to kickers. I don't trust that situation. And I would sit the Cowboys defense versus a well-coached Patriots team giving up the eighth fewest fantasy points to opposing defenses. Flipping sides now, we'll talk about the Patriots. Tom Brady, um, he's currently quarterback 12 in fantasy points since week six. He's a borderline start. I would maybe, if you've got a good option out there with a good matchup this week, you could certainly play another quarterback. But you could also just say, okay, I'll play him. Don't do anything too fancy. Don't drop someone who's very talented just to get a quarterback better than Brady in this week. Brady will be fine. He won't be great, but he'll be good enough. As I've always said, you could go out there and make some moves. You can ruin your team. And in one week, you can lose a game and screw up your fantasy season. You're never going to get that happening from Tom Brady. He's going to be good enough. As far as the running backs go, Sony Michelle, four games ago, he had a huge day. He played the Jets. He had three touchdowns. He looked great. Since then, in the last three games, he's been held at the ends when he hasn't looked great. But that was against three tough run defenses. Cleveland, a team who's really starting to get their stuff together, getting their crap together and figuring stuff out, who all season long, even when they've struggled, has had a good run defense. Then, play a blowout versus the Ravens. Simply didn't get enough carries. They were throwing the ball a ton. And then he played a elite and a very, very good Eagles defense. As I mentioned earlier, that defense has gotten better as the year has gone on. I bet you he bounces back this week and in standard leagues is a running back to play and in PPR leagues can be played as a flex. James White comes in as a low-end running back two or flex in PPR. I wouldn't start him in standard no matter what. Um, the Cowboys do give up the 16th most fantasy points to opposing running backs. 
Let's save some time. Julian Edelman, you got to start this guy. He's on pace for 108 catches, and he's averaging just shy of 21 fantasy points per game in the last six games. Mohamed Sanu, he came out and he had a big game one for the Patriots, but they simply used him less last game and chose to lean on Julian Edelman. He had four targets, two catches, and four yards. Versus the Cowboys giving up the second fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, and he's actually a little bit banged up, questionable for this game, I would sit Mohamed Sanu. I would also sit the Patriots tight ends, and I would consider a medium start Nick Folk, who scored eight and nine fantasy points in the last two games. Finally, the Patriots, minus the Ravens game, the Patriots defense has scored 10 plus fantasy points every game this year. The Cowboys do give up the fewest fantasy points to opposing defenses, so that is really a rock and a hard place there to choose. I think you got to play the Patriots defense this week. That's at least what I would do. All right, I'd like to start off with the Packers as we discuss the 49ers versus Packers matchup and Aaron Rodgers. You should play him. The 49ers do give up the second fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, but it's still Aaron Rodgers who has been good this year and would be better if he had Devonta Adams the whole season. In addition, he's coming off a bye. That is a big boost for a very intelligent quarterback. He's going to be great this week. Um, maybe not going to throw 400 yards and four touchdowns, but he's going to be playable. I would definitely play him for sure. Aaron Jones, play this guy. He's got 14 touchdowns on the year. That puts him on pace for 22 and a half touchdowns. He's a touchdown machine, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. Why aren't we considering him in the MVP race? I'd love to see a non-quarterback win it. And right now, my vote is probably Aaron Jones or Christian McCaffrey. But uh, Devontae Adams, also play him. He's gone over 100 yards in three of his six games this season. Uh, play him, play him, play him. Tough matchup. I don't care. Alan Lazard, I would sit him. This is a tough matchup, and he's been somewhat pedestrian. He stepped up above Marquez Valdez-Scantling and all the other Packers wide receivers to give them a at least some semi-solid wide receiver, too. But as much as they can trust him, he doesn't have huge value, and I don't think that you should play him this week in this matchup. Jimmy Graham, he can be played in deep leagues, probably expecting him to be in the range of a tight end 12 to 16. Same sort of thing goes for Mason Crosby. This is a tough matchup, so I don't expect huge numbers from him, but he can be played in that range from tight end 12 to 14-ish, maybe just outside of a starter, maybe just squeaks his way into. It's kind of difficult. He's a bit of a borderline guy. I would also sit the Packers defense against a very well-coached Shanahan offense. Now, flipping sides, we have got the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. Sit him this week. That sounds absurd, but trust me. Let's break down the numbers. In two of the last three games, he has thrown four touchdown passes, and then in those games, he threw for over 300 yards once and over 400 yards once. He's looked phenomenal. He looked great the last few games, but then you stop to look at the numbers, and both of those games were versus the Arizona Cardinals, who give up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. So those numbers are almost expected. Now, he did it without... George Kittle, he did it with banged up Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, he did it with just not a great wide receiving situation as a whole. But if you subtract those two games, he has three touchdown passes in the last four games. I don't trust this guy, and he goes from the best matchup in the NFL against the Cardinals to the Packers, giving the eighth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. It's a controversial pick, but I'm expecting Jimmy Garoppolo to finish just outside of a starting quarterback this week. Tevin Coleman. Against the Packers, give the fourth most fantasy points to opposing run, uh, running backs. Start him if Matt Breida misses this game. It's a good matchup. Matt Breida was inactive last week with that ankle injury. He's currently questionable for this week. 
solid RB2 is Tevin Coleman if Matt Breida misses. If Matt Breida plays, they both get bumped down to running back three, who have huge upside, both of them, but can't be trusted. Um, as far as the wide receivers go, Emmanuel Sanders, he struggled the last two games, but that was because he's been banged up. The Packers also are a good defense, giving the eighth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. For me, he's a low-end wide receiver three or a medium wide receiver four in that sort of range. I lean towards um, benching him, but then I always remember, I always do that, I'm like, I wouldn't play him. But then it's like, well, you take into account bye weeks and injuries and disappointments, or maybe you had to trade wide receivers away to fix your running back position, whatever it may be. He can be played, but I don't love him. That's what I'm trying to say. Debo Samuels should be considered as a wide receiver three. He's got back-to-back -back games with eight catches and at least 112 yards. I think you should play him. He's starting to really turn some things on. And he's one of those dynasty guys I'm watching for next year. Absolutely worth a look. George Kittle. Now, he scored 20, 26, and 15 fantasy points over the last four games. And the Packers give the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends. He is currently marked as questionable with that knee and ankle injury. He did miss last week's game. But if he plays, he's a must-start tight end. I would sit there kicker Chase McLaughlin. And as the 49ers defense go... I'm going to sit them this week against a very, very mature Packers team that doesn't turn the ball over a lot, and they're very effective. All right, guys, it has been a long video. I'm very tired, but we're finally to the last game, Ravens versus Rams. I want to start to talk about the Ravens and brag about how they're amazing. They're phenomenal. I love watching them. I just want to brag these guys up. They're great. Lamar Jackson, over the last five games, is averaging 32 fantasy points. He's a must-start. That is very clear to me. Mark Ingram, he's got eight rushing touchdowns on the year. That's great. The two questions for him have always been, compared to other elite running backs, other very effective running backs, guys in his sort of range, he's not getting quite as many carries, and he doesn't do a lot in the passing game. Those have been the two knocks on him. He's still kind of splitting carries with an offense that loves their quarterback to run, loves Gus Edwards, but his two receiving touchdowns last game showed us he is at least viable in the passing game. He's got 10 touchdowns on the year. Play him as a running back, too. Now, move on. I just mentioned Gus Edwards. He's got two touchdowns in the last three, uh, excuse me, in the last three weeks. And last game, he had eight carries for 112 yards. If you're in a deep league, desperate, looking for a running back to reflex, Gus Edwards can be played. This could possibly be a blowout, in which case Gus Edwards would see more carries and more touches. Marquez Brown, I'm going to call him a wide receiver for this week. Over the first four games, he has averaging eight and a half targets per game. But over the last four games... He's averages 4.2 targets per game. For me, he comes in as a flex player wide receiver four. Mark Andrews, a must start. He's third in fantasy scoring among tight ends in both standard and PPR. He's got three touchdowns in the last two games. So he's not just a good tight end. He's hot, right? We talk about some guys are really good tight ends, but even a Travis Kelsey can get cold or a George Kill or whatever. He's hot right now. I love this guy. You got to play him. Justin Kicker, start him. He's tied for third among fantasy points for kickers and start the Ravens defense. I've never seen this before, but in weeks seven, nine, and 10, that's three consecutive games due to bye week. They had five touchdowns in three consecutive games, five defensive touchdowns. That's more than a team like the Cincinnati Bengals can score on offense in five games. Um, play the Ravens defense. Flipping on sides now to the Rams, Jared Goff, I would sit him this week. He's been held without a touchdown uh, since week eight of the NFL season. He has struggled a lot recently, and the Rams are a great defense. Todd Gurley, got to play him. Ravens are a great defense. I just said it, but he scored in five of the last six games, and he's got seven touchdowns in the last six games. He's been very productive. Rob has really just been 
the front runner in pushing Todd Gurley this year, despite people being nervous about his injuries. And Rob, you're absolutely right. Your analysis was spot on. His volume is down from years past, but his touchdowns are just fine and his value is there. Start Todd Gurley. Cooper Cup, he is a top wide receiver. His production is insane. You got to play this guy. If there's any chance that the Ravens are going to lose to the Rams, it's through him. Now, over the last four games, he has scored 15, 12, 24, and 16 fantasy points. Excuse me. The top wide receivers, I got to re-say this, versus the Rams over the last four games, their number one wideouts versus them have scored 15, 12, 24, and 16 fantasy points. If that team has any weakness at all, it's that a good wideout can have a good day versus them. Cooper Cup is a great wideout, and he's going to be the key to any chance at victory that the Rams have. <clears throat> Robert Woods was inactive last week for some personal issues. Seems like he'll be back this week. I'll update you depending whether or not those personal issues are con continuing. I'd call him a wide receiver four. Josh Reynolds, he bumps up to a wide receiver four or a possible you know, flex play wide receiver three if you're desperate, if Woods sits. If Woods plays, he gets bumped down. I wouldn't play him at all. Jared Everett, now he didn't see any extra targets last game despite Woods being out. You can start him if he needs to, but the Ravens do give these six fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Finally, got to start Greg Zerline, Legatron. He is a great kicker. Got to play him. And the Rams defense sit them against the Ravens, giving the second fewest fantasy points to opposing defenses. Wow. I'm exhausted. I've been talking for over an hour. I'm tired. It's actually really hot. People, something a lot of people don't know. That light isn't just bright. It is warm. Like you could put your hands up to it like it's a campfire, but that is beside the point. Guys, I'm just going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for watching. We appreciate your support. Leave a comment down below, like, and subscribe to help support what we do. You guys have a great day and God bless.